What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, we are back, we are back with a classic pay-per-view review. And as you can tell from the Beach Boys playing, you got a pretty good idea of what could be on the horizon. The question is, what's the year and what are they going to do? Well, before I can answer that question, ladies and gentlemen, I have to bring a, my uh, co-host here for the classic pay-per-view reviews. You know, he's a comedian, works up and down the East Coast. We he had an album. We had a TV show. We got a bunch of shit going on. We don't know what the fuck we're doing and if we're ever going to do it. But it doesn't matter because he's still here doing this for you. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back the one and the only Gator Ricky Ross. Yes, children. Yes, children. The all-seeing eye knows how. Mr. Bujarelli, I'm a I'm Gator the fortune teller now. The fortune teller? Yes, the gypsy. Why Why are you a gypsy? What's going on? Because I can foresee the stars, Mr. Bujarelli. I can foresee the stars. I can tell you about your, your astronomical sign. What now? Your astronomical sign, the stars. Why? Why would I want to know that? What are you? What are you talking about? You don't. You don't want to know. Okay, everybody wants to know their astronomical sign. All the people there's ton of different ones. Okay, there's uh, there, there's there's my favorite, the one that the one with the crabs, cancer. You get to tell everybody, hey, you got cancer and crabs. Yeah, cancer and crabs, two things nobody wants. There's vertigo. Vertigo. Yes, yes, and then Sagittarius. Are you trying to say Virgo and Sagittarius? Yes, Sagittarius. Mr. Bidgeret, Sagittarius was a a bow hunter and a beautiful athlete, and his goal was to always hit his mark of the center. And it sums up how the Sagittarius is on. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what he's talking about right now. The aqua what? Aquafenus. Aquafenus? Yes, the Aquafenus. I I have no idea what that... What? The Scorpion King? The Scorpion what? The Scorpion King? And and Labia. That's the other sign. Labia. Okay, this is awkward as hell. Labia is the sign of Labia. Miss Bridget, I'm a fucking dipsy and a a fortune teller, okay? I can read your action. And your astronomical okay. sign. Okay, okay. Alleg- I found the Gator Libra. to English book. He's saying Libra and Scorpio. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scorpion King and Labia. Okay. Now, 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 the scales, which is the basic sign of the labia, and rightfully so, as the labias are always weighing their options. They are. They're always looking for a better man. The labia. Yeah. They're always and looking. Just, and then there's Lionheart Chris Jericho. That's a sign. That's mine. That's August. <laughs> Lionheart Chris Jericho. Wow. That's Leo for those of you playing the home game. And then and Gemini. Yeah, Gemini, yes. And then there's uh, El Torito. That's a sign too. Oh yeah, that's the Taurus. What? Is it what? Uh the Taurus. You think you're trying to say that's what you're that's I think you're tr- you're referring yes, to. Yes, El Torito. El Torito is an earth sign and it is quite grounded in the sense. That uh, materialistic and stubborn, like El Torito. He was so materialistic, he changed his name to Little Dinero. That was that's his name now. Really? El Dorado or some other shit. I don't know what it means in I don't know what it means in uh, Indian. I don't know. But anyway, I'm a fortune teller, Mr. Budrelli, and I foresee in our for in our in our fortunes a pay per view review. Really? Yes. Which one do you see? Smoky Mountain Wrestling. No, 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 no. <laughs> 
Clearly, you're you're off on that one, buddy. No, no, no. It's Bash at the Beach, nineteen ninety-seven. Yes. He is correct on that one. That is the one we are uh, reviewing today. Uh, that's our big one. Now, of course, uh, before we get into that, I will say real quick here. Uh, obviously, I'm always assuming that new people are jumping in whenever we're doing these. So I'm always compelled to let people know what you're in store for. Now, how these pay-per-views work is Gator and I uh, go through uh, classic pay-per-views from WWE, WCW, ECW, and we look at them from the perspective of not just uh, two people who are fans of pro wrestling, but also from the perspective of two people who work in the business. Because Gator is a wrestler, he is a referee, he's been a manager, he's done booking, he works at a wrestling school, he's got the industry covered from top to bottom. And um, I myself have been a ring announcer, commentator, manager, in and out of the ring. I've done a bunch of street team crap that I'm never doing again. And also pretty much got the industry covered on my end as well. So between the two of us, uh, Gator and I have a lot of industry knowledge and experience. So that's why we're bringing that to Bash of the Beach 1997. So obviously Bash of the Beach 1997, it took place on July 13th, 1997 from the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. And the attendance was 7,851 people. And the tagline was, Hogan and Dennis Rodman crash the bash. And of course, we uh, got Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, Dusty Rhodes, Mike Tenay on the commentary. We got Gene Okerlund interviewing people as always. Michael Buffer and David Penzer with the ring announcing. And of course, Randy Anderson, Mark Curtis, Scott Dickinson, Mickey J, Jimmy Jett, and Nick Patrick handling the refereeing of the matches. And... We kick things off with our first official match of the evening. We got some tag team action. We have Mortis and Wrath with James Vanderberg versus Glacier and Ernest Miller. Okay, so I know they didn't quite fit in with the realism that a lot of other WCW stuff had, but I've always liked Wrath and Mortis, okay? And their theme is pretty damn good, too. So this match starts out hot, and Glacier forgoes all the martial arts bullshit and just punches Mortis up. Miller comes in, who, I'm just going to be honest with you, Ernest the Cat Miller until the James Brown stuff was bland as hell. And he comes in a bit late with a springboard knee, and it looks awkward as hell. Mike Tanay Mike joins the commentary to help call things, and the action is pretty quick here. It's weird that Mortis wears a, wears a mask, but Raph doesn't. But Raph takes his off, you know? When the match starts... Mortis super kicks a chair into Glacier's head on the outside. Glacier continues to take the heat, including a powerbomb, a neckbreaker combo that causes Miller to break up the pin. Miller is tired of waiting for the hot tag and just tries to come in and kick the hell out of everybody. Glacier nearly wins, but Vanderberg wraps a chain around Mortis's boot and he kicks him. Puts his foot on the rope. Glacier kicks Vandenberg, but takes a chain-assisted super kick from Mortis, and that gives Glacier his first loss. Surprisingly fun opener here. All four guys brought it, especially the winning team. Lots of cool offense and just a hot crowd. Yes, I absolutely agree. It was a, definitely a hot crowd. Uh, they were definitely up on their feet for this one. I mean, it was very, very much. And I remember at, you know, there were a lot of moments in the match that I enjoyed. One was like, Wrath did this like weird submission that was like a reverse Boston Crab. Like, did you, did you catch that? Yeah. What, what, do you know what, do you know what the name of that move is? Is that a specific name? Uh, explain it again. It was like a reverse Boston Crab. Wrath was the one doing it. The Lion Tamer. 
Um, no, it's a reverse busted crap. That's just the name of it? Yeah, I just go with it. Okay, uh, so there was that. And I also want to say, both of these teams did great uh, combo moves here. Um, I thought that, uh, that's what I loved about this match, was the fact that both teams did phenomenal moves. Like, that's what I love seeing. I love seeing tag team matches that feel like I'm watching a tag team match. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's just, that's what I find the most um, entertaining. thought it was very well done. You know, kick-ass match. So, what I also want to say is this. This is my little um, review here for that. Um, Tony should not be growling. Can I just make that a little, little memo there? What the fuck was up with Tony Schiavone and all the goddamn growling? Does someone want to explain this to me? I, I got you. Like, please, never do that again. That was weird. It was creepy. It made me uncomfortable. Mr. Madrilla, he's a cancer. That's his sign. They growled. Apparently, because I was like, what the fuck? is up with that and on that note we're moving on to the next match of the evening for the wcw cruiserweight title chris jericho defends the gold against ultimo dragon oh god this is still white meat baby face chris jericho his attire has all the colors it's jericho it's white meat baby face jericho the feeling is here okay Interesting to see Jerry's biggest early spot with a power bomb and little boy sent on for two. He also on, on he also gets two to a two count on a moonsault and a tiger driver. They go up top, Jerry fucks up the drop kick, sends Polo Dragon outside. Commentary does a great job covering this up though when he fucked up the drop. Jericho uh, tries a crossbody out there, but uh, Dragon greets him with a midair drop kick. Jericho avoids some Dragon spots outside, eats the acai moonsault. Back inside, Dragon outmaneuvers Jericho for a near fall with a cradle. Dragon again drop kicks Jericho in midair, but this time on his lion salt attempt. They go into a series of counters that sees Dragon reverse a butterfly bomb into a hurricane rana, which Jericho rolls through into a pin and retains. Really good match here that might have benefited from a hotter crowd. Fast, fast pace, good counters, fun spots, good shit. I agree. Very good shit. And I'm glad you mentioned... Cruiserweight action is all this is. Yeah. I did like the fact that you mentioned about the botch, because Jericho went for a drop kick and Dragon dropped down to dodge it. That looked like a botch yeah. to me, so I was about to ask you if that was the case. It, he fucked it up. They covered it up well. Everybody kind of covered it up. Okay. And then at one point, the crowd was chanting, We want six, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Um, we want what? We want six. I mean, hey, it's Sean Waltman. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And I, one thing I noticed about this match, um, Dusty Rhodes oh God. was amazing in this. Yes. Because he said a line, and as soon as I heard it, I had to rewind it to make sure I wrote it down word for word because it accurately sums up why Gator and so many other people have issues with modern wrestling <laughs> because they do the opposite of what I'm about to say. This is Dusty's exact words during this match. You gotta be able to counter with a good counter move and put him away. Use your counter to get a victory. Everybody said, well, he counted him and that was a good move and he came back and did that move. But sooner or later, you gotta put a guy away. You gotta get him in a position to either uncle him or put him out. Dusty Rhodes. Does that not sum up 95% of the modern wrestling we see is the opposite of that? Oh, just wait. There's a match here in a few minutes that I'm going to do shit upon. Oh, I'm sure you will. I'm just saying. I think you know which one I'm talking about. 
I got a good idea. But I'm just saying, tell me that's not a accurate statement of what the fuck we see in modern wrestling that pisses us off. Oh, it's, it's modern wrestling for sure, my brother. Oh, modern my God. Wrestling for that sure. was beautiful in that. So, But, yes, I agree. Jericho and Dragon did have a good match. They shake hands after the fight, which tells me that this is a babyface Jericho, which is weird to see in WCW because I'm so used to seeing him as a heel. Um, it's very weird. Throw the goddamn ball. Sorry. And on that note, I'm going to throw the ball to the next match of the evening. <laughs> Fucking love you. We have the great Muta and Masahiro Chono versus the Steiner brothers. Ah, Rick the dog face asshole. All right. A win here apparently gets the, the Steiners a shot at the outsiders in the tag team title. Muta and Chono represent the NWO of Japan. So apparently that was a thing. The NWO of Japan. Chono was the leader of the NWO Japan. It was a different offset. It was a weird, it was fucking weird. The Steiners clean house quickly, and the Asian contingent turned things around. Scott is already huge, and you can see that it is affecting his in-ring ability. Uh, Muda and Chono take some breaks to mess with Scott's head, with both Steiners' heads, honestly. Uh, Chono tries a cheap shot from the apron. Scott no-sells and whacks his ass. They do break up Scott's super belly-to-belly, and they work the heat. Scott fires up, still hits the super belly to belly on chono god he's loving the suplexes man i mean it's it's fucking nuts imagine early 90s scott steiner against kurt angle benoit or lesnar holy shit oh god those would those would have been awesome frankensteiner connects and they do a damn doomsday device ddt Chono literally just watches the pin as his team loses. Fine match with some hard-hitting shit. Looks like Chono and Muda don't seem too interested at times, and things get a little jumbled. Yes, um, and I do agree. I, like I said, um, amazing match. But also, I did notice some things. Like for, I, I noticed this one weird moment where Rick Steiner bites the bottom rope. Because he's a dog-faced motherfucker. <laughs> just like... I didn't. I, I forgot as a kid like how obsessed they were with the whole dog concept. Like when Scott tags in Rick, it's like he's saying "sick him, boy, sick him," and he goes da, 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 da. like I just forgot how weird that. Like as a kid, I think it's entertaining, but as an adult, you're like, this is weird, right? Well, as an, as an adult, you want him to die, anyway. <laughs> Uh, yes, that's a personal reason that I'm trying not to dive into. I'm not diving into it. I'm just saying the only thing he ever did was make a good-looking son. Cora Jade seems to think so. And then, of course, um, Chono rakes the eyes, bounces off the ropes to the Mafia kick, and then he does a... And obviously, this is before Buff got the name and the gimmick. He does Buff Bagwell's pose, which I thought was kind of cool. Because you're Buff Bagwell, Mark. Um, <laughs> I, I can't say shit. Hey, it's business. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> So, and then of course, um, Rick goes for the cover, but Chono trips up the referee. He yells at Chono and he threatens to eject him. I love this moment as well because it's nice to see the reps have fucking balls. Or at least and this. Power. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, a referee whose balls aren't removed and put in a wrestler's purse, you know? Yes. Yes. Even though most referees suck fucking asshole. Overall, solid tag team match. And of course, the Steiner brothers won as well they should because, you know, the NWO Japan should not be getting a title shot. Although I did think it was kind of cool that the Muda had like the black and white on his face because it's weird because I've never seen Muda in anything other than red paint ever. So it was weird to see that. Yeah, true. Very yeah. true. Very true. So I did enjoy that very much so. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. <laughs> Um, we got ourselves a, 
a six-man tag match. We got La Parca, Psychosis, and Villano 4 with Sonny Ono versus Juventud Guerrera, Hector Garza, and Lismark Jr. If you've watched AEW on a Wednesday night, you've seen this match. <laughs> you've seen this match, okay? It's a Lucha-style match, so there are no tags. It's... Uh, I... <laughs> I don't even I want to talk about the wrestling because I'm I'm an analyst and I'm supposed to talk about the wrestling but I don't want to give this any clout because the next because if I explain this and go through this one of these fucking marks on the indies is going to try to do this stupid shit so I'm just going to preface this by saying this didn't work then it ain't going to work now it only works in Mexico if you're white Got the last name Jackson, or your last name is Fingerfuck. Don't do this shit. They did not tag one goddamn time in this entire fucking clusterfuck. These lucha matches are so fucking stupid and confusing, and they make no sense. Except for those people that are from Mexico that can understand the history and what... Okay, Mike Tenet does a good job of explaining the history of it. Okay, but even then, it makes you go fuck all y'all motherfuckers. Unless you're gonna do a cruiserweight match, go to fucking Mexico. <laughs> I think there's no fucking psychology or anything like that. But it's fine because this was supposed to be a highly entertaining spectacle, and it's lucha style. So hey, let's all stand underneath each other while the, while everybody else jumps on us. If you want to play a fun drinking game. Get you a bottle of vodka. Sit down in front of these lucha matches and see how many times these motherfuckers stand still with no psychology, no common sense, while somebody jumps on them. And goddamn psychosis fucking almost kills Move to Guerrero with that goddamn sunset flip bomb in the corner. These, these spots are too, too fucking much. You're doing too much shit. You're too goddamn squirrel. Benny? Yes. Go ahead. So, um, Gator, uh, expressed this in a reasonable, colorful way, but in the- Oh, no, I, I was, I was tame. I'm just saying the, the, the language was very colorful, but accurate. Like nothing, you haven't said anything that wasn't true. I still Uh, feel like I was tame. I could have been way worse on this. Oh, you totally could have been. Totally. 100%. Um, what I'm saying is that this, this is a traditional uh, Lucha Libre match. Basically, if someone goes to the floor, you can automatically tag yourself in. That's why there was no tags at any point. Or as at least these fucking Mexicans are not two goddamn white guys and a Canadian. Yeah. You know, it's uh, a... <gasps> yes, this is what we like to call lazy booking. Um, fucking throwing things. Spot, spot. It's basically spot, 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 spot. Um, and of course, um, Sunny interferes. Okay, can I, can I share my thoughts now? Thank you. Sonny interferes by kicking Juventude and accidentally kicks Laparca, who almost kills him, till he waves a bunch of money at till he waves a bunch of money at him. That's so we're like, okay, that Laparca is gonna kill him till he wants to give him money. He's a pro wrestler, in other words. So we get it. Um Psychosis <laughs> Yeah. If you're in the business, that doesn't fucking shock you. Say what? If you're in the business, that spot doesn't fucking shock you at all. If you're in the business, that's the funniest shit you've ever heard. Yeah, so you're about to fucking kill somebody and they're just like, Here's some money. Oh, okay. So and then, of course, Psychos hit that sunset flip. I'm glad you caught that. He almost broke his damn neck. That should have been the finish. Just I'll throw that out there. You damn near almost broke his neck. Should have been the finish. Mm-hmm. End it right there. Free us from this hell. 
And then, of course, everybody hits moves and the ref just counts pins. Boom, 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 boom. Who gives a fuck who the legal man is? That's apparently what's happening. Everybody's just move. Everybody's hitting a move, and the ref's just going once. He don't care who it is at this point. The best way to describe a lucha match, if you've never seen one or you don't watch AEW, because why would you? It's like watching a monkey fuck a football. It's like watching two kids with Tourette's try to figure out how to put a wrestling match up, while a kid with Down syndrome tries to count. Yeah. <laughs> So Hector hits a missile drop kick and a standing moonsault for the win on Villano 4. And here's the funny part. The loudest pop of the night was the finish because the fans were happy this abortion was over. Thank you, Jesus. That was That's why the, the finish was the loudest pop. They're like, thank God this is fucking done. We can get out of here and go watch some real fucking wrestling. Jesus Christ. Thank you for our intermission circus act. Can we get back to the wrestling now? Motherfucker. All right. And the next match of the evening. Oh, fuck my life. Here we go. Uh, we got <laughs> we got a retirement match. And unfortunately, and unfortunately it didn't end in a draw. Um, we got Chris Benoit versus the Taskmaster with Jacqueline and Jimmy Hart. So these guys have been feuding for over a year at this point. They brawl right from the start. Jacqueline gets involved and whips Benoit into a guardrail outside. Benoit responds by launching her vagina first into Sullivan. Just saying. The fight goes up by the beach-themed entrance. Uh, Jim, Jimmy Hart climbs the lifeguard's chair. Benoit shoves it over. Great spot. Then by the ring, Sullivan bumps horribly on a clothesline. They tussle in the ring. Benoit resorts to biting Sullivan's ear. Remember, this is no DQ. Heenan says that he is really like a Wolverine. Benoit applies the cripple across face. Sullivan does not want to give up his career yet. The referee does the arm raise spot, which that does get tired after after a while, as long as you don't do it. If you don't do it more than two or three times a show, you're all right. Sullivan is still alive, which is something to say. You know, after what happened to Benoit's last victims. Um, <laughs> Sullivan continues to survive, unlike Benoit's last victims. And no one sells chops. Commentary hammers home about the heart of Sullivan and making the outcome obvious, okay? Jacqueline gets a chair. Sullivan wants to use it. She gets pissed at him. She breaks it over his head. Benoit hits the headbutt and sends Sullivan home with his dip cup. <laughs> This was going very well until Jacqueline got involved with the finish. Benoit should have just ended Sullivan's career. You know, it's not like he wouldn't have gone to ECW anyway. Fitting way to end a, a lengthy rivalry. Mr. Bucciarelli, your thoughts? Well, this was a loser never wrestles again in WCW. Again, why couldn't this have been a draw? Well, here's what I want to say. Aside from the fact that Jacqueline got the old cunt punt and uh, Jimmy Hart climbs on a lifeguard chair, gets knocked over. Dusty says, no lifeguard on duty today. Good old Dusty. Um, Jacqueline hits Benoit with a beach chair. They're exchanging blows until Sullivan low blows him and hits a pile driver on the concrete floor. And a standing coup de gras hits him with a lid. Here's what people need to understand about this match. Oh, God. In this match, both men have taped fists. I don't know why Sullivan taped his, but I know why Benoit taped his. Now, this is one of those rare moments where I have to break a promise here on the Boochcast. Um, as you guys know, we have a our YouTube channel devoted to Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring. 
and I talked about Chris Benoit. Gator made a few jokes about it earlier in his review. This match was specifically mentioned on Dark Side of the Ring. They singled this match out, and they singled it out for a reason. Because in this match, Benoit was shooting on Sullivan. Every punch he threw was a potato. And the reason he did that was because allegedly, allegedly, Sullivan was abusing Nancy. Now, apparently she showed up in the building. She had black eyes. Allegedly, they had came from Sullivan. Benoit was pissed. So he went out there and beat the fucking piss out of him. Because at this time, Kevin Sullivan and Nancy were still married. Her and Benoit were friends. You can't see the air quotes I'm throwing <laughs> yeah. in there. Yeah. Friends. And they also bite each other. They're killing each other. At one point, this got so hectic, when they got to the backstage area, they were still fighting and had to be pulled apart. Now, even though this sounds like a sad tale, I laugh my ass off when I see that. I'll tell you why. <laughs> it's so fucking ironic. Irony. Benoit wants to beat up Kevin Sullivan for abusing Nancy. Here's the funny part, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, I say allegedly. I don't know if it's true or not. But you want to know what the fucked up part of this whole story is? Even if it was true that Sullivan physically abused Nancy, even if it's true, he's still the good husband. <laughs> That's the saddest part! <laughs> yeah, he made it give the bitch a black eye, but the bitch was still breathing. <laughs> Let's see, the guy who the guy who gave Nancy a black eye or the guy who bound her with duct tape and strangled her with a telephone cord. Hmm, I wonder who the shittier husband is. I'll take Benoit for a thousand. Oh, who was Chris Benoit? Correct. There you go. That's the, what, really? I mean, Wow. <laughs> I can't breathe. What a difference a decade makes. July 1997, he's defending her honor. June of 2007, he's strangling her with a telephone cord. <laughs> there you go. From conquering hero to murdering bastard, the Chris Benoit story. <laughs> Hail the conquering hero. Okay. I don't know. Do I need to add anything else? <laughs> I gotta be honest, I'm having fun with this. I can't fucking breathe. <laughs> just, just saying. I'm just saying. I can't breathe. It, how fucking crazy is that? Like, oh my god, I can't this breathe. Is, this is insane. I can't breathe. Oh my god. That's the, that's, the, like, that's the thing that Kevin Sullivan can always say. Like, all he did allegedly was punch the bitch. Well, she should have done made his sandwich. Too, 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 too far. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently with Chris, she forgot the whole damn dinner. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I think I went too far. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. We, we gonna get letters. And it wasn't me for once, children. That's what I'm saying. But just, just think about that. Just think about that seriously. Like I said, and again, I'm saying it's a legend. We don't know if Kevin Sullivan did this. I've never met Benoit. I've met Kevin Sullivan. He was an, He's a great man. He, he just is. forgets his dip cup. He'll leave your dip cup in your car, but that's about it. And don't talk about Trump around him. Don't do that. Don't do that. If he says anything about Trump, you just nod and agree no matter what side of the fence you're on. Just nod and agree. Liberal? Just keep your eyes forward. Drive the car. Is he a goddamn liberal? What? He a libby? He's not a libby, but he he, he had a love-hate thing with Trump. He didn't is like he him very blue? much. 
That's all I'm gonna say about that. But you know, he's okay. not a liberal, to my knowledge. Match. Um, not to my knowledge, no. We didn't, like I said, we didn't go that deep. I just made, I just made one Trump comment, and he got angry and apologized to me later because he saw the fear in my eyes. I didn't know what the hell was gonna happen. Moving on. But yeah. So anyway, but anyway, yeah. So that was funny to me. Okay. On that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening for the WCW United States title. T Jeff Jarrett versus Steve McMichael with Queen Deborah. Mungo! Okay. Oh, this was all sorts of bad. <laughs> they stall a lot in the early stages. Mon- Mongo gets the early upper hand with his power advantage. Uh, Jarrett turns things around for a short time outside. Mongo decides not to sell and beats him up more. In the ring, Jarrett does a few three-point stances, clips Mongo in the knee to embarrass him. He goes for the figure four. Deborah gets on the apron. It's all a ploy so she can slide the briefcase into... The ring, Jared levels Mongo with it twice and retains. It's a Mongo versus Jared match, so you know it's going to be bad, and it's all kinds of dull and uninteresting. Yeah. In other words, they has fight. And... It was just shitty. Yes. Um, and he used the briefcase from Deborah to knock him out behind the ref's back. It was just shitty. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What was that? Uh, be- yeah, behind the ref's back. Let me, it was let, me say, let me say that one more time. Behind the ref's back. Just saying. Uh, Deborah turns on Mongo and aligns with Jarrett. Apparently that carried over to WWE. Um, great technical match after they has fight. Sloppy gorilla press slam. That's pretty much what I saw. Yeah, that was basically it. We move on now to the next match of the evening. We got some tag team action. We got DDP and Kurt Henning with Kimberly Page versus Scott Hall and Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth. Kurt Henning, WCW in-ring debut. Since they've for almost all of 1997 coming into this, DDP and Savage, who had literally the greatest fucking feud in all of WCW, go right after one another again. DDP is sporting his trademark taped ribs look. Once DDP frustrates Savage and sends him packing, we get Henning and Hall going at it. <clears throat> Henning doesn't seem too interested in working. He looks way uninterested. He nearly yells, now that's perfect before remembering he is no longer Mr. Perfect. Did you hear it? Yeah. DDP ends up taking the heat, full of cheap heel tactics from Savage and Hall. They do the hot tag to Henning, uh, but the crowd doesn't give a single flying fuck. They don't care at all. The boys flub a key moment where Henning turns on DDP. Instead of DDP hanging onto the ropes and accidentally causing Henning to fall outside, it all just comes off awkward. Henning just strikes me as as like he's not all the way there. Henning, after this awkward bullshit, just knocks DDP on his ass and leaves. The outsider's edge, macho man elbow, DDP's down, more of an angle than a match. The angle wasn't very interesting. The whole thing fucking sucked. You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, like, Savage, like, did he throw, like, grass in the ring or something? Yes. Like, he was throwing grass in the ring. They're all spitting at each other. And then Hall throws a toothpick. Kurt spits his gum. And then there's an atomic drop, and Scott Hall clearly doesn't hit the turnbuckle at all. Like, blatantly obvious. He didn't hit a damn thing. So that part just looked awkward. And then, um, of course, Savage and Hall have great chemistry. They work on Dallas very well. 
And then, of course, there's Kurt turning on Dallas because he got caught up against the ropes because Dallas had grabbed the ropes, causing Kurt to get hurt. Kurt leads Dallas on the jaw. Hall hits the outsider's edge. Randy hits the flying elbow for the win. And that's all she wrote. Yeah, this was... moving on. Yeah, this was not a good match at all. And then we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Ric Flair versus Roddy Piper. Oh, God damn. Okay, WCW Piper sucks ass. He's old, out of shape. Way past his prime. Wrestling against an old, out of shape, way past his prime guy. Piper gets in in a big right hand early, causing Flair to take a powder. Once back in the powder means he gets out of the ring quickly. Once back in inside, Piper then lights up Flair. So Flair turns it around, starts beating on him with the chops and shit. Uh, props to these guys for really going pretty hard. They were. They were beating the shit out of each other. Flair goes after Piper's knee. Each time it looks like Piper is going to turn things around, Flair low blows him. Flair tries for the win about six straight times with his foot on the ropes. When it fails, he hilariously yells, shout up to a fan who tried to snitch on him. And that's just perfect heel heat. I'm just saying that now. Yeah. Flair fails with a top rope spot, like always. Piper puts him in the figure four. Flair goes to cheat, but it backfires. So here are Mongo and Benoit. Benoit headbutts misses, opening the door for Mongo to tombstone somebody. Mongo then turns face earlier for nothing. Why? It makes no damn sense. Piper is still able to kick out. He fires up, puts Flair in a sleeper hold. Flair passes out. It, this absolutely surprised me. I expected a total stinker, and it was actually decent. Flair dragged Piper to a good outing, and Piper nailed his fucking comeback. Yes, uh, I loved it. These two brought the fight to each other like never before. This was old-school wrestling with a lot of emotion. The psychology and the selling was on point. It was a wrestling clinic. Now, the punch in the corner was clearly fake. That was disappointing. That looked horrible. Um, although, it was interesting to see Flair counter the sleeper with a jawbreaker. Never seen him do that. Um, Nobody works. Yes, and of course, Piper wins with the sleeper hold. Uh, both men fought on the floor. Both men fought dirty, which was great. It's like... This is like a heel versus heel kind of thing. Flair's the dirtiest player in the game. Roddy Piper cheats just as much. But in the end, Piper won to get revenge on Flair for leaving Piper against the NWO while fighting off six, which is basically where this came from. And this was at a previous pay-per-view that we will eventually review at a later date, but not anytime soon. But yeah, so basically this was Piper's revenge. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening. Lex Luger and the Giant versus Hollywood Hogan and Dennis Rodman with Macho Man Randy Savage. Okay, let me just say this. Rodman fits into pro wrestling pretty good here. Um, Hogan handles the first few minutes as they're building up the anticipation of Rodman actually wrestling. Hogan teases it a few times. When Rodman does get tagged in, the place fucking goes nuts. Rodman stalls, but once he locks up, he arm drags Lex, and the place fucking explodes again. Luger gets hot and forces them to retreat. But once back in the ring, Rodman shoulder blocks him down. Hogan comes back in after Luger clotheslines Rodman. They end up working heat on the giant. Yes, I was surprised too. They actually worked over the fucking giant. Yeah, it took two of them. And that's psychology. But they worked over the giant. 
Yes. And I know Luger was next in line for a title shot, but the giant taking heat is just weird, okay? It is a little weird. Luger gets the hot tag, but then his run doesn't last too long. They end up doing another hot tag to the giant. Sting shows up. He's clearly about seven feet tall and stepping over the rope. And yeah, Sting's doing all the crazy shit. He whacks giant with a baseball bat, leaves Hogan alone. The commentators fully believe that the that that was the real Sting and not obviously Kevin Nash. Luger still manages to make Hogan submit to the torture rack. About as good as one could expect considering four men involved. Rodman played his role well and they had the crowd in the palm of their hand. It wasn't that bad. I thought, here's my thing. I thought this was going to be a stinker. And it was not. I loved it. You know, I love Lex and Hogan starting things off. Hogan and Lex wrestle very well. Uh, Hogan taunts well as a heel. Luger's taunts aren't that great. I gotta be honest. Uh, I'm not liking the whole, ah! Like, it's kind of creepy after a while. Like, dude, I get it. Not working for me. Um, and, of course, watching these guys try to outmuscle each other is great psychology and storytelling. Um... I love the part where Rodman got tagged in and he hits Luger with an arm drag. And if you notice, his shades never came off. Nope. For, I think that people forget Dennis Rodman is an athlete. Like, I think people forgot that. Like, you're looking at Rodman, looking at what he's doing. Like, you understand, Dennis Rodman is a natural athlete. And just and he's a lot like Ric Flair in the sense that he can get drunk off his ass in Vegas, come back and still be kick-ass and win the game. Like, that's one thing him and Ric Flair have in common. The partying rarely, if at all, affected the performance. That's one thing they always had in common. And Luger arm drags Rodman. Luger eventually hits the arm drags on Rodman, arm drags Hogan. Rodman's headband and shades came off on that one. Um, Rodman's doing, like, he's shooting them off. He's leapfrogging over him. He's hitting shoulder blocks. Like, Luger, like Rodman is really like, okay, I can't, I didn't come here to fuck around. That's what I loved about this. Brother. Yeah. Hogan and Giant do the test of strength, and then Hogan cuts it off by doing the dotting of the eyes, which I love. Smart move. Um, very old school. And obviously, um, Rodman has a giant reeling. Huh? Obviously, it was Kevin Nash. Who did what? Ran in with the baseball bat. Well, yes, we know that. That's Kevin Nash in a mask, obviously. Yeah. Although, when I was a kid, I honestly thought it was Sting. Yes, because you were young and naive. You know. And I you probably didn't have no hair on your peaches. Well, yeah, it was 97, so probably not. Um, Young and naive with no hair on his feet. Yeah. Now, Luger gets, and of course, Luger gets the torture rack on Hogan for the win. He then hits the torture rack on Dennis Rodman. He gets the rock, the rack on Randy Savage. Like, they really put made Luger look badass in this in preparation for that world title match on Nitro. So, this is a good moment for Luger. That's why, like you said before, the Giant took the brunt of it all. And and Rodman at one point actually had the giant reeling until he hit an atomic drop and started spanking Dennis Rodman. I also loved Hogan and Rodman double hip tossing the giant. I thought that was fucking amazing. Yeah. Like everyone got their shine in this match. And then at the end, they shined up the person who needed to be shined the most, which was, of course, the total package. Yeah. And uh, this has been Bash at the Beach 1997. Yes. We appreciate all of y'all for listening in to us. Catch us on the next one. Yes. <laughs> um, what what all do you say again? Uh, I say you can catch us on Spoofy, right? No, it's the Boochcast. This is being the Boochcast. Okay, now you just jump way ahead of the script. 
Oh, okay, well. No, no, no. Okay. Kaden's trying to do the wrap up, ladies and gentlemen, but no matter how many I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. This has been the Booch Cast, y'all. This has been Gator. And I must tell y'all, if you love the Booch Cast, check us out on all the different platforms. We're on Spoofy. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Stitcher. We're on Anchor. We're on the internet. Okay, 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 okay. It's Anchor. Anchor, Spotify, Boofy, Google Podcast. Uh-huh, I said that one. And iHeartRadio. Right, I said those. And Stitcher. We're, we're not on Stitcher. Why are we not on Stitcher? Because Anchor didn't process on the Stitcher. Now, if there's people who want to hear us on Stitcher, I'll move it over there. But according to the analytics, uh, Spotify is where the majority of our listeners are. So I see no reason to go to Stitcher. But Boofy. Yeah. So that's the platforms. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Poochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Um, by now, you should be hearing the uh, the uh, male soap opera moment where the Wens and I gave our predictions for WWE Extreme Rules. Uh, find out who won, who lost, and be on the lookout for the uh, recap of Extreme Rules coming to the Facebook page very soon. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest we tweet. We have all sorts of great pictures on Instagram. There's even a picture of me in an ECW shirt. Yes. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Uh, go to our YouTube channel, see our exclusive YouTube content, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, we've still got two more episodes of Dark Side of the Ring we need to get done. I offered I, to do them with you. Yes, so Gator will be most likely doing them with me, uh, because the other person I wanted to do it backed out. And of course, um, hit the subscribe button, ring the bell to be notified, check out our YouTube channel. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch, go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast, as we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for WWE Survivor Series. Uh, we'll be there live at 8pm on Twitch, still trying to figure out the location, still trying to figure out a lot of things in, t- in terms of planning for this watch party. Just know the watch party, no matter what, will take place. Also, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project that I'm trying to get the co-host to finish up on. So we'll be able to showcase yes. that to you guys uh, yes, very, D&D, very soon. because we can't do anything other than fucking D&D. D&D's already on the list. The special surprises in D&D, I already mentioned it. No, I'm just saying this. Sometimes D&D gets in the way of other things. It has. <laughs> Which it is why, does. Which is why Gator's doing the last two Dark Side of the Ring videos with me. Um, yes, because other people can't get off the fucking Dungeons and Dragons because they're fucking goddamn nerds. <laughs> you little fucking dweebs. Okay. And of course, make sure you guys... You leave that shit in. I will. All right. Make sure you guys also um, support the Boochcast. Go to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. Um, we have three levels you can donate at. Our first level is for 99 cents, $1 per month. This is for people who don't have a lot of money to spend but still want to put a little skin in the game and help us out. Um, if all you can do is uh, listen to the show and spread the link to everyone you know, you're still helping us out a great deal. But if you do want to help us out, help us raise some money, then uh, 99 cents, $1 level is for you. If you got some spending cash, you can upgrade to the second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. This is the 
Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there are fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We get better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final living donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. It was this order of the Peacock. You got to order to put that $9.99. Sit $9.99. Bring it over here. We got better content than Network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans. are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You can actually pay with a credit card or with GPay. Best part is, all the money we raise goes back into our show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment. We use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host... If you want to pay $100, it'll be the no more D&D fucking level. I'm pissed at fucking Desmond. I call Mr. Bugirelli to tell him something important. Fucking Desmond, we're playing D&D. Bye. Motherfucker, fuck you. Um, Okay, I'm supposed to be wrapping up the show, but I kind of have to side note that for a second. There's a reason why he did that. Yeah, he's still an asshole. Fuck him. But there's a, I'm gonna t- can I tell you why? Because I was curling and it was D&D. That wasn't the only reason. It was I a culmination know. of the fact that you, well, first they were uh, they were pissed off like I was, that you called me during All Out. I was okay, not happy about that. They can go fuck themselves. They can go fuck themselves. I forgot. that the, I don't watch modern wrestling. I forgot. And I, I kept trying to tell you, I even texted you and said, it's it's a pay-per-view, stop calling me. AEW isn't wrestling. And that, I told you it doesn't matter when it's a pay-per-view, no talking but you kept it's on calling it's and then you went and then you wouldn't get off the phone you were annoying me you were annoying desmond you annoyed his sister and in fact his sister i had to apologize to her because between you and zach she was like are you guys really bitching over i can't remember what it was we were mad about at the pay-per-view no it was christian and jungle boy she's like she really said are they really that pissed off over this i'm like yeah i'm sorry we're wrestling fans we get passionate about this shit and she put her head over the covers and went boys are so stupid she thought she thought it was ridiculous that we were that upset over christian and jungle boy you've never been in the wrestling business exactly so she doesn't get it that's why i'm saying i looked at her and said look i'm sorry my friends are like this they're and when you called before i looked at the phone and like i'm not answering this and even she was like god don't answer it and then desmond just took the phone so that was that was mostly the fact that you called during All Out, so you calling during D&D was just the breaking point for Desmond. Because yes, the breaking point for Desmond, the only Mark in our entire fucking circle who doesn't even do anything. <laughs> yes, record the All Out. No, we got to play D&D. Record the NXT. We got to play D&D. I thought we were going to do Dark Side of the Ring, but D&D. Yeah, he's not going to lie. I have, been, I have gotten pissed off about that. I have gotten pissed off Virgins. about that. Till the day we die. Okay. So, yes, if you got a favorite co-host. Which is me. And, and you believe they're going to be paid for their hard work. Um, Anchor.fm slash the bootcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when that's all said and done, we use the rest to feed uh, Zach Scott his ramen noodles. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. We're <laughs> using the rest of it to buy Desmond new fucking dice. <laughs> Don't fucking lie to nobody. <laughs> Goddamn D. Okay, okay. He's gonna take your twenty and buy a D twenty. It's all good. <laughs> the reason that's hilarious is because he has a whole fucking tackle box full of fucking dice. I know this. He buys dude, he has so many sets of dice, it's ridiculous. Yes, yes. I have you know how many I have? I have two. 
But no, we are if now if if Des was still part of the show and he was getting a and he was getting his portion of the money, he might spend it on dice. But no, the the the, the thing we're doing is um we're doing our our feed the ginger foundation. Uh, that's where that's why we give Zach his ramen noodles, and we also try to get him laid. Down and give the ginger a case of ramen noodles so Desmond can get new fucking dice. <laughs> I will support the ginger so we can get Desmond new dice. Yay, Daddy! And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, aka the Booch. And this is a pissed off Gator Ricky Ross. Say, keep on living life and take care. This has been. The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. And fuck d and I'm the Gator, and I'll see you later. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.